All right, so we're going to do a little something different today. If you guys have paper or a journal, please have that out. If you don't and you have a phone, I'm going to trust that you have the discipline not to respond to text messages and surf, but you can open whatever note app you have. This is such a, you know, 2019 thing to say to everyone. Um, and if you don't have either, you have a wonderful heart and memory. So that's also very lovely and perfect. So recently, for those of you guys who are new, I wanted to say welcome. And for those of you guys who have been coming, we've been doing a series based on our um, annual priorities. These annual priorities are things that we choose every year because we seek and we pray and we ask God to tell us what is the most important thing that you want us to focus on this year. And one of the things that really just was on our hearts so deeply was being wholly rooted and grounded in Jesus. And we've kind of come at that um, in a couple of ways so far. We had, we invited um, Ravi Zacharias Ministries, a person to kind of talk a little bit of apologetics and kind of talk about it intellectually. We had Pastor Benjamin come and talk about how to incorporate the scripture and where the validity of scripture fits in all of this. One of his main points, and it's something that I really feel is really important, is that scripture is meant to direct us to Jesus. And the whole point of scripture isn't to basically like dice and, and, and partition and analyze in all sorts of different ways, but rather it is most effective when we use it for what God designed it for. And what God designed scripture for is to lead us to the person and the revelation of who Christ is. And so today what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how to encounter that Christ through scripture, together, as led and guided by his Holy Spirit. So what I'm going to do, and, and this is just a trial and error, we'll see where it goes, but I'm going to just pray. I'm going to invite the Holy, Holy Spirit here. He's already been here. And then we're going to read scripture together. And as we read that scripture, I want each and every person to have faith and to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you about those scriptures and put together what revelation he wants to give you about those scriptures. Is everybody cool with that? All right. Okay. Father God, I just praise you and I thank you. That when we chose to give our lives to you, you deposited your Holy Spirit in us. And that Holy Spirit has given us access to you so that we can hear you. And there's nothing on earth more powerful than seeing your face and hearing your voice and learning how you move. And so, Father God, today as we interact with Scripture, we ask you that you would take over our minds, 
that you would take over our emotions, that you would take over our entire being, even our hands as we type into our phones or our hands as we write, or our minds and our hearts as we interact with you. And we want to give you space, God, today to speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So keep your eyes closed or just write this down. But not so much the scripture I'm going to read, but more so what you hear in your spirit as I say this. We love because he first loved us. Again, we love because he first loved us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is life. John 15:12 This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends You are my friends if you do what I command you No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Let's take a moment and absorb that last one.
I no longer call you servants, but I now call you friends. These next ones are going to get long, so just listen, try to stay awake and engage your spirit. Exodus 24, 9. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet as if were a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel, but rather they beheld God and ate and drank. Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, I found, if I found favor in your sight, please show me your ways, that I might know you in order to find favor in your sight. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses replies, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that, I, that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And the Lord responds, I will make all my goodness pass before you 
and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. I'm going to read that again. Moses says, please show me your glory. And the Lord responds. And he says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Exodus 34, 28. So he was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to be near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with him, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before, whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the people of Israel what was commanded. The people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. Holy Spirit, I pray even right now as we sit, we wait. We live in a place where we are always hurried, and where we come to church to listen to someone else teach us things. But right now, holy God, we ask you that you would dwell among us, upon us, and you would bring meaning to the things that were written and read in this room and speak to each and every one of us.
Now I'd love you to um, kind of reflect and see if you can synthesize a little bit of what you just heard. I'd love you to turn to one of your neighbors, and I'd love to give you guys um, five minutes to share. Part of the journey of hearing is also um, solidified through sharing with our brother and sister. So I'd love you guys to take about five minutes. Um, I will tell you when it's time to shift, and um, then you guys can pray. And then we'll do the same thing the other way. So um, make eye contact with who you're going to talk to so that it's not super awkward. And then go. <laughs> One more minute, and then we'll switch and let the other person share. The next partner, please, now you can share what you were hearing from the Lord. If you haven't yet had an inkling what's next to come, I'm now going to ask you to pray for, the other, for one another, and I will give you guys roughly seven minutes <laughs> for you guys to do it. You guys can divvy up how you want to split that time up, but um, now pray for each other and uh, ask the Lord if there, if there are things that need life and agreement with 
to breathe on those things. If you get stuff, um, we are a church that believes that the Lord speaks and that you can speak life and hope and prophesy words over people. And so if you feel like you are someone who knows and feels comfortable doing that, feel free. If you are the recipient of being prayed over and prophesied over and something rubs you kind of eh the wrong way, you don't have to take it. You can always flush it away or put it on a shelf and think about it later. Um, you are not victim to someone else's uh, practicing of prophecy. Um, So also use your own discernment, but we want to encourage each and every one of us to be people who actively engage the Holy Spirit to bless each other. As we are listening to others, um, we just want to invite that. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you now to pray through us to bless um, our friends and our family in this space. Amen. If you haven't yet, you should switch so you have enough time for both people to get prayer. All right. Let's uh, make sure that you're, you're wrapping your prayer up. One more minute, one more minute. Shine your sparkly eyes towards me so that I know that you're done. Father God, I just praise you and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. God, you designed your kingdom to work such that even those as small as a child can comprehend and be in your presence. That in you there are no grandchildren, but rather we are all your children. You did not give some of us a better Holy Spirit than others and some of us better ears than others. But rather, Lord God, your kingdom is built upon a system of hunger and faithfulness. And so even today, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that the word that they heard from you when they were listening would feel just as important as what they would hear from the the talking head at the pulpit. That you would put in them a confidence when when we listen and when we read scripture, that you can indeed interact with us. We say that you are present and alive. You are not an idea, but rather, Father, you are someone who is alive and yearning to reveal yourself to those who want you. That that mattered so much to you that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. 
And Lord God, when we read your scriptures, it must be your face that we find. I pray, Father God, that you would come, that you would open up our hearts to receive you as you are. To be honest when we're uncomfortable with what we read. To be honest when we don't like things, but always to run towards and not away. Holy God, I pray that you would make us a people hungry for you. For nothing will protect us in the end and the last days, but rather a full, true knowledge of your face. May we be those people who, when we see you coming on the clouds of glory, that we would be those people who have been anticipating you because we have been intimately waiting and talking to you about your kingdom, about the ways you are unfolding all of human history. That we would be a people that's ear has been laid upon your breast. So none of it will be a surprise to you, God. May we be a people so intimately acquainted with your voice that when someone else comes and says, I'm Jesus, we're like, no, you're not. Because I know what my God sounds like. He speaks to me in dreams, in visions, in my experiences, through my word. I know his face. We do not need to be scared, but rather we will be the ones undoing the works of the devil. Lord Jesus, make us a people that know your face. Know your word. It's not about building our mind, building our repertoire of knowledge. It is about knowing who you are, Christ Jesus, the one who came, who died, who rose again, who's coming back. There is no other God, and we look to you, Jesus, to reveal yourself through the power of your Holy Spirit, through your Holy Scriptures, and we long for that God. Lord God, reveal to us who you are in a way that no message could ever do. May you be the bread of life that is alive and active and interacting with us constantly. Purify our desires, God, so that we will want what you are. And forgive us for the ways that we often long for that which cannot satisfy. Give us a distaste for the things of the world and a yearning and a hunger for truth, for the kingdom. And Lord God, when we hear that the kingdom is at hand, let our spirits rejoice and want to know if it's at hand, how can I be a part of it? Lord Jesus, I long to see you and walk with you intimately every day. May our people in this house be those as well. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was thinking about um, what to preach and what to do today, honestly, I was like, Lord, I don't have anything. And I felt like the Lord was saying, like, 
why is it on you always? Right? Like, and not in a condemning way, but I really feel like the Lord is saying, my people, I have given you the Holy Spirit. I've given you the word of God. I have given you all things to be able to access me. And I'm not by any means invalidating or discrediting what happens when we also get a word from the Lord. But I really felt like the Lord was saying that in these last days, we are going to need to know what his presence feels like is like who he is more than any other thing. We can, we can read a lot of scripture, but if we're not reading it, like Pastor Benjamin was saying, empowered by his Holy Spirit, we may not come to the right conclusions. And if we only rely on experience but not scripture, we also may not come to the right conclusions. But coupled together, we will be strong. And when we're talking about being wholly rooted and grounded in Jesus, we're, we're talking about, like, without a shadow of a doubt, when someone else comes and tells you, oh, my God is, or God is this way, Jesus is this way, we know. No, he's not, because he's not been like that with me. One of the things that's most powerful about a testimony, no one can tell you you didn't actually walk through that thing. Right? Like, when I look at the way that God has revealed himself to me in my life, and I share that with someone else, there's nothing that other person can say that goes, well, he actually didn't do that. I'm like, well, actually, you weren't there, and you didn't know. (laughs) So, right? (laughs) But when we can say to someone else, this is how Jesus came through for me. It can be like life, and it inspires faith in someone else to be like, why isn't he like that for me? I want that too. What we hope and want to do is incite godly, godly jealousy. When we start to hear of the ways that God can move on earth, the miracles that can happen, the ways that he can be intimate, the ways that he reveals himself, there are people like Moses, like those people who stood in the presence of God and underneath their feet it was like sapphire like heaven underneath their feet when they were experiencing the presence of God tell me if you don't hear that and go whoa that is so crazy ask to have that yearning for awe when we hear that Moses Moses got to stand and was a friend of God and got to see God face to face so much so that other people, when they saw him, scared. Do we care more about what other people feel? That we Do we care more about bringing comfort to someone else than saying, God, I want to be so holy. I want to be so in love with you. I want to know what your presence is like. I want to speak your truth, your word, more than being comfortable and relevant, quote, unquote, to somebody else. I'll tell you what, God has been the same yesterday, today, and forever. His message is relevant always. We don't have to change it. 
And in fact, in these last days, it's going to be more important that we know what's true because other people want us to change it. It is always the same. It's still the same. There's no new truth under the sun. There isn't a new revelation of who Christ is. We just don't know it. What we need is for God to bring alive and to the surface a deeper revelation of what has always been true. There is a trend today to deviate and to create new theologies, a new way to read the scriptures. If it's new, it's probably not right because God has been accessible to mankind from the beginning of time. The same Holy Spirit has been hovering over the waters that created the earth. And that same Holy Spirit rose Jesus from the grave and made it so that we can know him now. Moses is not the only person who had dreams, who had visions. When we hear about Saul or all these people prophesying in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is not disconnected from today. And neither are the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the intimacy, the relationship that Jesus himself had with the Father is meant as a model for something that we can have. And in the last days, the Lord said that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that all flesh. And so, When I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I was just feeling like the Lord is saying, who wants to be a friend of mine? Who wants that? There is a cost. It's not just saying, I want you to be my servant. Just do what I want. Just do what I say and go and do that thing. When we are a friend of God, if you read Exodus in the 30s and you see how Moses interacts with God, it's really interesting because there's moments where God's like, dude, I'm so angry with this pe- these people. And Moses is like, no, no, no. Don't be angry. This is who you are. Don't forget about that. Don't smite them. Let's bring them into the promised land. <laughs> right? There's a way that Moses was able to connect with God because of his revelation. He was able to come to God with a boldness but with incredible humility because he had that revelation. He had the fear of God and the audacity to ask for big things, but also to know where he stood. I want us to be people who ask for big things, but we also need to know where we stand. Moses was a friend of God. And that cost him something. And I think a lot of times we think, we read scripture like John 15 and it says, you know, if you love your friends, God, or rather uh, Jesus says, I call you my friends, I no longer call you servants. But the, the truth of the matter is to be his friend comes at a price. It means not caring as much what other people think. It means not being persuaded by everything we see in the newspapers, on the internet. And more and more and more information is going to come at us at a more and more rapid pace, trying to tell us what is truth. It is going to be our mission 
in life until Christ comes again to declare and to be a sign and a beacon of truth to a people who are hungry for connection and hungry for truth. And so um, I'd love to ask you guys to just stand with me, and I'm going to pray one more prayer. And if you guys, we're going to have people up here who will pray for people. If there's anything in here that we, uh, yeah, great. Um, that kind of resonated for you, that kind of ignited something for you, respond. Tell him. If you want, feel like you don't know how to say that to him, then come and get prayer to unlock that. The word says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's going to be there. And so maybe you just need someone else to agree with you for the thing that you've desired. So, Father, um, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are inviting us yet again and again and again to greater knowledge of who you are. And for those in this room that you are speaking to and that you are stirring, I pray that you would continue to stir in the name of Jesus. May we not be satisfied with the status quo. Give us a godly discontentment, Father God, that is protected by you, but at the same time would want to ignite something deeper. We want to see your glory, God. We want to have the audacity to pray. Show me your glory, God. So, Lord, all I ask is that you would come. Help us fall more madly in love with you, Jesus, the main, the truth of all of existence and all of the universe. We declare in this city of Berkeley, in this Bay Area, in the United States of America, in, on earth, that you are king and you are truth. The only truth. In Jesus' name, amen.